And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Social Media White Noise. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that, Ted, but we've had complaints that the intro's too long. Bugger. Now. Are you recording now? Are we live? I'm recording now. Yes. We started. Yes. Fantastic. Episode number 85, then, of Social Media White Noise. Sat Hello, here in the beautifully warm, delightfully sunny gardens of the Pavilion Gardens Cafe. We have been having fantastic weather. With Dr. Pod. That's me. Who doesn't need to spell it out fully. A lot of people have commented. But if he wanted to, he would say it is... D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D. Here we go. And I am Nick Butler, a.k.a. Loudmouth Man. L-O-U-D-M-O-U-T-H-M-A-N. Right about now, people are basically grinding teeth having to listen to that. Uh, I'm sorry we haven't been around for so long. Uh, why haven't we been around for so long, Nick? Well, we had bank holidays, which we tend to get yes, away. Yes, and I fell into a great depression and yeah. became unconscious. You see, we, well, yes. Well, I was, was just was embellishing the, the story of, a bit know, there. There was the, there was the general sort of, you know, levels are going down on the show. And I'll, I'll come back to that, because actually they, I, think, they, I, think there's, I think there is a general feeling of malaise, Malaysia, down this. country, isn't it? On in the Far East. Like the Philistines yeah. um, uh, about podcasting lately, but I will come back to that. And I think it actually it, it addresses something I, I discovered a couple of weeks ago in regards to iTunes. Okay, but okay. that's us going around the houses. Um, can we also uh, say why we've gone back to a coffee shop we've been to before? Uh, yes, because it's too damned lovely a weather. <laughs> we wanted to sit outside. <laughs> anyway, it's today. great here. It is great. This is the middle. Of, is this now the middle of the Brighton Fringe Festival? So In there's show. fringe type things going yeah, on. Yeah, there's fringy um, things. There's fringe going things going on, and this doesn't mean that there's interdimensional, universal travel of science fiction tendencies. It means creative art type peoples are putting things on the street. Yeah. Okay. And doing stuff. But I want anyway. to rant about Tumblr. You do, yeah. Uh, so and, and also, um, um, Google Plus. Will, Will, Will Wheaton was uh, ranting about Google Plus, which mm. comes to as well. Um, you've got some things to say about the age of curation as well, haven't you? And also leading to human bitcoins. In fact, I've put up four things on here. That's so human bitcoins, in case people... He's a human bit... Yes. Human yes. bitcoins. I'm now yes. talking at the speed of Andy. Yes, he's caught up From with a, me. Yes, there we go. So here we are. This is the weather. Just, it's too... Everybody just sit back. Enjoy this summertime feeling. Wherever you are right now, grasp your favourite beverage, put your feet up, and hope you're not driving a car. I am grasping my beverage now. Fantastic. Beverage so, grasped. Let's kick off. Let's get this rant going, okay? Everybody's sitting comfortably. L- listeners, there's lots of um, sort of vertical, sort of pretend Grecian columns because this is the fringe. And a man just came up and nearly knocked one over. It's hilarious. Anyway, carry on, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of kind of ironic that they should be called Tumblr. I want to talk about Tumblr. <laughs> The the now we've we've mentioned Tumblr in the past because we've we've looked at it. You're in a user to, of Tumblr. You have well, used Tumblr. I've, okay, so for quite my, some time. my usage of Tumblr stopped when Google Plus, Google Reader, yeah. stopped exporting content via RSS that okay. Tumblr could import. What I used to use Tumblr for was to track the conversation that I would start on a particular article that I had highlighted from. Google Reader, which would be exported into my Tumblr account. So if you look on my Tumblr account, there are something like 1,600 entries where I have shared an article and added a comment to that article. Okay. And Tumblr would pick it up. Via the RSS feed? Via the RSS feed. Okay, okay. That's that's pretty much all I was using it for. And to me, Tumblr was only that. So a sort of exotic RSS displayer. (coughs) In the last last few months, Tumblr has become very popular with um, sort of a micro-blogging format where people would post 
a themed tumbler on a particular photographic topic. Yeah. So it's like an ultra vertical Pinterest where people would find a particular thing that they would then highlight. Mm. So this then became um, a sort of part of a joke that you could pretty much have, you know, mad badgers attacking.tumblr.com. Yeah. And it's the ultra vertical blog for a okay. particular topic. Yeah, it's very, very pointed and, and, and vertical. And a lot of people now, at, at, at the point at which posterous, posterous, um, and so forth, start becoming yet even, you know, yet another even more pulling teeth platform. Quite a few people are like, well, where do I go? This is this is really not working for me here. Mm. Um, and you know, then we see things like Instagram being bought out by Facebook, and yeah. people not feeling safe about their data being in Instagram. So they're looking. So I've noticed that a lot of people have started using Tumblr as their yeah. main blogging platform. My kids do. My kids are really into it. And and there's what is, what this leaves me with is that. There is a mechanism in human consciousness that just refuses to learn from the past experiences. Nick, just put this strange foam so thing over your mic. I'm going to put a wind. strange foam thing. There'll be a strange noise while Nick puts noise. a foam olive over his mic. There you go, that's, that's better. There we go. <coughs> I have noticed that um, these particular websites, so we have things like uh, Flickr. Flickr is very popular until it gets bought out by Yahoo, mm. then people aren't interested in using it. Uh, Posterous. Posterous is very popular. Then it gets brought out by Twitter. People begin to feel eh, less trustworthy of it. Mm. Uh, Instagram. Instagram's very popular. Got bought by. And Ooh, then it gets bought by Facebook. Facebook, yes. And, 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 you know, then people begin to lose interest. Now people have moved to Tumblr. Now, they're moving to Tumblr because... Tumblr's still remaining unbought. At, at the moment. moment, Tumblr is unbought. It's yes, a very okay. popular and successful sort okay. of blogging, pla- micro yeah. blogging platform. And I... All I can say is that the same thing is about to happen again within the next two years Tumblr will be bought by a another company and everyone who's created and put and moved their content into Tumblr is going to go oh this is no good I can't trust and they're going to move their content out again I just think when do we start learning that the best way to host your content that we want is actually on self-hosted platforms like self-hosted WordPresses self-hosted microblogging what's can you give me an example of self-hosted microblogging? There are almost. none, but WordPress can just do Ooh. it. Any developers out there? Any developers? There, PHP, WordPress can Ruby. do it. WordPress can do it. I mean, essentially, WordPress can just host a picture. Yes, it can. And, host. you know, it can put up a thing and, just like And Tumblr. you can do it like posture, so you can just send an email, can't you? Yes. And it will work, as long as you've got the email thingy switched on. And so you're left with um, the situation that if you do this with mm. your own hosted WordPress, if your hosting company gets bought up or disappears, you can move your WordPress so, it's, if, if somebody decides that they don't like where they're hosting or wants to move hosting, they can move their complete WordPress content from one place to another place. It's their data. Their data remains freely available to them. Of course, another way of doing it is having it on an RSS feed that you control. Well, and then it, you just look for a display front end. When you have an RSS mid-end. feed that you control, you have something where you think you control it, like Google Reader. Mm. And then Google Reader comes along with that RSS feed yes. that I was pumping into Tumblr. Yeah, oh, right. and you know switches off. Yes, one but if thing you control the source thing. of the RSS, somehow. if you control the source of the RSS, you, have you could do you could do now, through WordPress if to, you wanted. To a certain extent, this is why I started using Flavor.me. Ah, we haven't talked about that for a while. You're still using I, it. I still use that to represent the front of my website because that okay. aggregates the RSS content from everywhere else that I create content. Yes, and pulls it into one place. Yeah. And I can then use whatever domain name on top that I want to. Okay. But we're using Tumblr in such a fashion that it's the latest sort of, you know, blogging platform du jour. Everybody goes ahead and sets themselves up on Tumblr. 
they'll set themselves up on Tumblr. I, I guarantee you, we'll, we'll mark it here, we'll come back to it in two years' time. We'll all have left Tumblr, but well, I haven't actually moved to Tumblr. All my content was on Tumblr and it was then being displayed back on my website. You know, thanks Mark to Google Mark Nick's words. Believe you why him. Are we, why Believe are we you him. It? It's like, Believe you. Why had you said that? Believe you me. Exactly. Sorry, carry on, Nick. We you should... used to say, mark my words and believe you Indeed. me. I never quite understood what that meant. Believe you me. Anyway, carry on. Believe you. Mm. Me. Comma, me. Yes. It's the importance of So I could say, believe, believe him, Nick. Yes. Did I say that? Possibly. Okay, sorry, carry on. And there we go. Yeah. So I think this, this leads on. I mean, this is my, my rant about Tumblr is we're not learning the lessons about looking after our data. We keep expecting other people to be responsible for looking after our data. If you are creating content, and you are creating content, not curating, we'll come back to the curation conversation, but if you're creating original content, or you're finding a way to make original content, and you're hosting it on a platform and in a, in a, in a container online, yes. that you have no access to take and move to another similar container online, you are in a silo, and you are in a dead end, and you're going to end up with your data and your analytical information. And this is something I'll come back to. Um, there's very little analytic, analytics I can get out of having a Tumblr site. Do they not provide analytics? There's no, I've, I've not seen any <laughs> analytics on okay. Tumblr. You know, yes. Whereas if I'm on my WordPress, I can get my referrals, I can look at what's coming in, yeah. I can see who's coming to my website. There are various plugins as well that enhance that, aren't they? And, and so, yeah, you can, you can enhance it. But again, mm. we're back to, it's a very simple thing. Do you necessarily want to be able to do SEO with Tumblr? A lot of people don't. They just want to produce stuff and create stuff. Fine. Yeah. Produce stuff, create stuff. But let's do it with an open and a, a, a really clear understanding that the stuff you're putting in there is very likely going to get locked away and will not be able to be exported as easily as if you had hosted it with your own WordPress install. <coughs> yeah. Have you tried exporting everything from Tumblr in an easy fashion? We no. should walk into these things with an understanding that we should be able to get out. But this is like the conversation we had earlier about iTunes. So, remember that story? Did I tell you the? Did I tell our, our three listeners the story of when iTunes decided to take internet marketing mm. down for a weekend? Yes. And, and then apologise because it was a mistake. And it really hammered home to me how vulnerable we are. But you have a chance there. That all the MP3s you created weren't physically hosted in the iTunes No, we still server. had them, but it would have been could, a hassle still. And, and there was an RSS feed that other people would have been able to get to. But they're the biggest platform. They're the biggest. If you look at the pie chart, the they biggest chunk the biggest is always platform. iTunes. That's a, that's, a separate, that's a separate level of approach to this data question right. than the question of At least we of had data. the source data. It was just the distribution You had the source platform. data, but the network to get it out there yes. was, was a pain. Yeah. But there is always... And so the, the thing here is that with enough people choosing to use a different distribution network because you have the data mm. you can move that platform yeah but if everything was sat right inside the iTunes drives and you couldn't get to those drives at sure. all that would be a different mechanism that would yeah. be a different problem that would be back to what I'm saying is there's our issue mm. now interestingly enough Will Wheaton makes use of Tumblr to post a complaint about Google Plus what was his thrust here Nick and, I did have a look at the, uh, the article um, you know he's now. He's, he's approaching some concerns about Google Plus that, that I know I, I reiterated. Mm. Um, it's a very short post, but just three short paragraphs, but it's pretty juicy. And uh, essentially, because there is a tie-in between <clears throat> YouTube videos yes. and Google and Google Plus, mm. we now have the, the following situation that in order to like a particular video... If you are not logged in, 
it invites you to join Google Plus. Okay. So you can't just, you know, like something without becoming part of Google's infrastructure. It used to be you just have, you know, you used to have a YouTube account, have a YouTube account, you liked it, that was it. But hang what? on, call me thick. Okay, but how long? Thick. How long have Google been using the like word? Because this is a Facebookism. No, this is a YouTubeism. Has YouTube had like for ages? Like has been available on YouTube for a very long time. Before, before Facebook? Yes, and it's probably been out there for other things as oh, well. I'm going to have to eat my hat now. Sorry, I'm really thick. Well, I have my hat on and you can leave it alone. It doesn't look very edible. And I do love my hat. Well, it would be very nice if it was chocolate. Anyway, carry now, on. He's, he's brought up this... Will Wheaton has a fantastic new video show that he does every two weeks called yeah. Tabletop. Okay. Go watch Tabletop. It's brilliant. Is it about table tennis? It's about board games. Oh, okay. And it's like dinner for five meets poker tournaments over board what's, games. What's the URL? We'll, we'll, um, put, it in the show well, notes. we'll put it in the show notes, but it's Will Wheaton's Nick, tabletop. Remember to put it in the show notes. I will indeed. However, he wanted to go ahead... And one, of the, one of the things that drives this show and the other shows from the group called Geek and Sundry is that they have to be liked. People have to basically flag that they liked and enjoyed it. So that, that goes in towards the metrics. Okay. But in order to go ahead and like it, you then have to be part of the Google mechanism. So the YouTube mechanism is set up that you can't get people to vote for your product unless they agree to take part in somebody else's product. It would be as if to say, we couldn't sit here and enjoy this coffee in the Pavilions Gardens Cafe unless we had bought some Brighton Citizens membership that we'd signed up to before we sat down and did this. Hey, there's a business idea. Let me just write that down. Yeah, and you would then exclude people from being able to do one thing because they're not part of another. Um, and this is what exactly what uh, Will's saying in his, in his blog and, post. And he, he points out that the trouble with Google Plus is that the problem with Google is they don't do social <laughs> very well. They really don't do social very me. well. Mm. I mean, I have the problem that um, I'm using I'm using Google Plus. Originally, it was only available to Gmail accounts. Mm. It's now available to Google Apps accounts. So now I've got four different Google Plus accounts. I also have my YouTube account that now has to be linked to my. Google account, which yeah. is my reduced hackers. This is what my wife Sarah is always ho- really moaning mess. about. She's it got multiple a, Google accounts. It's a multiple, it is a mess yeah. because instead yeah. of me being able to have one account into which I've delegated control of all my other accounts yes. and said, this is the primary account. Yeah. So when I share something in my Google reader on reduced hackers at Gmail, it will only share to yeah, my reduced yeah. hackers at Gmail account. It will not share to the one that I want it to, so, now here's which is my... Thing. Explain to the viewers, the listeners, how you ended up with multiple Google accounts. Well, I ended up with multiple Google accounts because I have Google Apps for my domain for my business, which is reducedhackers.com. I also have a Reduced Hackers Gmail account, which was there before Google Apps for your domain existed. I also have... Uh, so when you got house. your Google Apps, couldn't you merge it with that first no, login? No, okay. you couldn't merge them together. There was no right. way to merge them together because they are physically separate accounts. Okay. And each account has different levels of services that work with other services. So Reduced Hackers, because it's a Gmail account, yeah. could work with this group of services. It's like a Venn diagram. Yeah. And the left-hand circle, there's, yeah. Google, there's Google Gmail accounts that are will only authenticate with Google Gmail accounts. In the right-hand circle, there are... Uh, accounts that will only authenticate with Google Apps accounts. Right. And in the middle is the intersection. Yeah. And so if you have, you, you ended up having to have two or three accounts set up 
wonder if Google will fix this. I, uh, it, it's a mess. I can't. I cannot see how they can begin to fix it unless they can give. Unless you decide that you're going to go back to having. I mean, the real trouble here is that if you're somebody who runs a number of different accounts like me, mm. and you want to send emails from different accounts, I have to have different tabs open. Yeah. And, and that's how I do it. I have different tabs open and different browsers what, open. different Google Is that possible? Yes, you can, because you can go in and have multiple sign-ins. Okay. So you can have multiple sign-ins on accounts. But now that means that if I want to have premier level, because I want to run three or four different businesses, mm. my multiple sign-ins for those accounts require me to have multiple premier accounts, which is a multiple cost, mm. for the same email bot. It's, it's a mess. Mm. and it has not improved um, it leads me to think that I want to provide another way of dealing with this for clients and <coughs> find a way to centralise the question of, of making that function of email easier because what people want to do is they want to sit with Outlook Thunderbird or Gmail mm. send an email as a particular alias yes right from the same account every time mm. so they want to have one account where they can send as multiple aliases mm. that should be the top level choice the second level choice should be what we're currently doing which is multiple accounts for multiple aliases and then you know the third level one is you don't have any accounts so you go to pen and paper and you put it in the post yes right okay so um, yeah mm. Will Wheaton highlights two things there's a problem with Google Plus there's a problem with Google Plus's integration with social and there's just generally a big big problem with, with how they interact which is a wonderful segue should we talk about our sponsors sponsors there is indeed I have to say a uh, huge shout out to the fabulous William King of King of Shaves whose new uh, product launch King of Shaves Sub um, has been very successful uh, and thanks to King of Shades we are sitting here enjoying our, our coffees and our cakes and the music from the fringe um, thanks to King of Shades I've had the chance to work on a project called uh, King of Shades Sub which is a subscription opportunity for are we going to be able to be heard over this is going to be good yeah, we, we should it? be good should this be is good. a subscription opportunity where you can subscribe to have blades sent to you every month for your King of Shaves razor. That is fantastic. So is and this it's, now it's, operational? This, this, is, this is basically a really cheap shaving cost. At the end of the day, it's reduced... Because King of Blades shaves are already cheaper than every mm. other sort of well-known, established blade that you'll get in there. They are they're quintessentially cheaper. What they've done with King of Shaves sub... Go ahead and sign up now, because I do know that there'll come a point where they lock it down to invite only. So there's a chance to get in now before the club closes and you have to wait for your turn to get in. And when you sign up, you can have a year to two years' worth of, of subscription to get your blades sent to you in the post. So you, do, you won't even have to remember to go out shopping for your blades. There will always be fresh blades in the sink for you. And as Claire Evans has reminded me, there are, of course, the King of Shaves for the ladies as well. Um, king of so Leg Shaves. King, king, of, king, of, king, of, king of Lady Shaves. No, actually, Lady Shaves is their trademark, so we can't really say that. We didn't really say that. Um, so... King of Shaves, thank you very much for this. And also, I want to thank Tim Edwards, <coughs> aka Edwards Can underscore I? Tim. Go on then, carry on. For sending a very large donation through. We thank uh, you, sir. And thank you for clicking on the donate button. So, as always, if you're listening to the show, find that donate button, press on the donate because, because we appreciate that you've enjoyed listening to me ramble and rant, drink coffee, and appreciate the sunshine and the sights in Brighton. Go ahead. Funny you can see what I can see, Nick. Anyway, um, 
talk, talking as a, a guy that has a medical background, I just didn't think that was possible. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I'd like to say thank you to King of Shades as well. And I've been using the um, the cool mint gel, which is good enough to eat. You're not eating it, are you? No, That's but it is good enough good to eat. Mm. I'd advise against eating it. Yeah. But, um, so we salute you, King of Shaves. I, 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 I'm now saluting you with my empty coffee. With a fairly empty coffee cup. We should, yeah. we should have, you know, got more coffee in before we sat down. Yes. But let no us mind. press on because it's a half-hour show. It is. And the advantage of doing these little half-hour podcasts is that mm. they fit the journey times. They're not too long. I've, I've stopped listening to two-hour podcasts. We're at 20 minutes now, by the way, Nick. And, you know... And you, in fact, you had an interaction with someone about this recently, didn't you? Just, just yes, very briefly. Yes, well... Keeping I, to the 20 a, minutes. There's a chap who is getting very frustrated about editing a podcast. They, they sit yeah, who was that guy? He, he looks like I'd he should be quite well-known. And, and, and so Adam Purcell... Ad, Adam Purcell, who yeah. edits the Staggering Stories podcast. The Staggering Stories, Which is it. generally two, two hours, two and a half hours long. Yeah. And they get together and record for several hours. Yeah. And then he edits it. And I've always been saying to Adam, it's okay to have um and ers. It's okay to have a conversation in a podcast. It's okay to have coughs. It's okay to have sneezes. It's okay to have background noise. And more importantly, um, it's okay to enjoy your podcast. And if it's beginning to get a stress, if it's beginning to get a strain, mm. you probably don't want to be doing it. I mean, it's, it, I find it interesting that now when I go to iTunes and I look at the podcast on iTunes, it is 90% BBC and Discovery Channel content. There's very few independent indie podcast that I can get to easily on iTunes today. Do you think that's because they're dropping out? I'm wondering, because I know that we're both... Do iTunes clear out stuff that isn't active? I know that you and I have both felt the sort of general like, well, are we really enjoying this? Do we need to change the tone? Yeah. We have had some feedback, a lot of positive feedback says, yeah, actually, if we start talking more about politics, Mm. about technology and politics, about digital rights, about freedom of data, um, and about government and, and that sort of thing in relation to technology... They'd be interested. Excuse me. <coughs> so there's a big there's a big yes please for that. Okay, sounds um, good. So I think in the it's next fifteen feedback. shows, we you know we go from the podcast formerly known as Social Media White Noise to whatever the podcast. That's becomes. what we should call it. Formerly known as White formerly Noise. Formerly known as White Noise. <laughs> um, so there we are. You heard it first. But thank Talking you about for politics, your I, I met Jason Kitkat this morning. You did. I now did. you have to explain who Very Jason briefly. Kitkat is. He was the guy we spoke about uh, a few episodes ago about twi- tweeting during um, meetings, during government right. meetings, council yes. meetings. Uh, interesting guy, actually. He's, if, you, if anyone is interested, um, the um, the uh, Brighton Chamber podcast. Right. I record all of the breakfast talks. Though he'll be on there on Monday. That's the Chamber of Commerce. Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, which is yes. not actually a function of the council; it's a function of trade. It's a separate thing. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the Brighton Chamber of Commerce. It's, it's one of those Just things Google where it, things get mentioned, and then you think, oh, "Was that actually a, a mechanism for that?" And it's actually no. It's, it's something completely different. I'm just going to go because we've got 20 minutes or so. Yeah, but anyway, the age of curation. The age of curation. The age of curation. Um, curation. I'm, I'm getting quite hooked on this concept that. It's so easy to curate content today that people curate stories. Can we just clarify this word curate? I always think of museums. That's this exactly what well, no, Someone that organises and organize, presents organize, other people's data. Yes, to organise other people's stuff. Organise other information and assemble it into um, something into the entertaining, story that meaningful. Okay. And, and you know, this that to me can be the art of creation. Mm. But I feel that curation is getting a higher prominence than original content creation. Do you feel this is a bad thing? Yes. Tell me about your childhood, I think, Nick. I think oh, it's sorry. very easy to spend time scrapbooking things you've experienced. And as a result... And I, I use the phrase... I have a friend who's a, who is a curator. And she 
curate okay. as a as a as a profession in, in, a, in a museum in, in, in a museum sense okay and one of my tweets was about the fact that we're curating content into blandness that all right if, if if you have people curating information, what then happens is other people come along and curate that information. But what about if it's a bit of curation plus your own comments on it? In other words, <coughs> you're commenting, you're embellishing or commenting or putting your spin on it? And, and once you've done that, you've not done curation, you're doing commentary. Okay. But it has elements of other people's content because you're pointing at and commenting on. And If you add commentary, yeah. then you're adding commentary. That's not curation. As soon as you okay. add original content... Yes. That's Even not one single curation. word. Yes. So if I said artichokes in the middle of lots of other people's <coughs> comments, right. it would be. So you have to bear in mind that what I'm talking about is things like Storify, where you can gather things together. Oh, I forgot about Storify. Is that still going? And there are other sites like it. Yeah. Um, and then there are people can add their own content on top. But then what is happening is people are curating that content again. Mm. So the original content, it's, it's, like, it's like homeopathy for data. It's homeopathic data. The data becomes so... The original information becomes so diluted... One molecule per litre. There's, 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 one, there's one moment of interest per loud diatribe of, of curation that its original value is lost. And it's too easy to do this on the internet because but curation I would say, is so easy. It's actually quite difficult to have a website or page... That is a hundred percent curation. You, you'd literally just have to have links of other people's articles or, or snippets. Yeah, but it's not like Tumblr. Okay. Well, the way you were using it, yeah, because but you but you were commenting on it, weren't you? I was adding comments. You were adding your saying, comments. And this thoughts, is interesting. Yeah. Here's my thoughts on it. Yeah. This yeah. is interesting. Here's my thoughts. It's kind of what we do on this show, I suppose, isn't it? And and to see, yes, exactly what we do on our show. We yeah. sit here and we we aggregate a bunch of content together. We curate that content and then we talk about it. Yeah. This show doesn't repeat anything. It puts our commentary over the top. And um, uh, my internet's going down at the moment, so I can't bring up the age of curation. I've got it here, article, actually, Nick. Yeah, I've got link. it here. It's, uh, again, it's quite short. It's only about five paragraphs. Read it in about a minute. Um, but yes, do you want me to read it out to the, to the viewers? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you won't read it out. We'll just but, link to it. Um, He's, he's expressing the same thing, which is becoming each layer is another layer, each layer is another layer. Yeah. Um, and it's the age of curation, and curation has become the middleman, it's become the important thing. It's become, everybody looks for the curators of content. We stopped looking for presenting original content. Mm. We now think if we find people who are good curators, they will lead us to original content. And I've not found this to be the case. It kind of goes in with your... Because you always talk about memes, aren't you? Which is yes. a meme being a sort of an idea about something or a concept that almost has its own life and can be passed on and, and adopted. It's a bit like uh, looking at original content and sort of finding the pattern and then talking about the meme, which is what you do a lot, I guess. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's when you understand that it's a thought or an idea. <laughs> yes. Um, and these things are... And this leads nicely into this human bitcoins article. Yeah, what's the story here? Because... It's trying to sound really interesting. Because... What they're highlighting is what comes out of things like the Facebook IPO. (coughs) The information that we create as individuals today Mm. in our interactivity with other products and people has become the thing that marketing companies, advertising companies, and companies that exist on selling information about people Mm. are generating. So effectively, your information is unique to you. You are a unique item of data in yes. the linear aspects of today's, of, original of today's commerce. Yeah. So am I. And our interactions are another layer of unique information. Mm. In the same way that a Bitcoin is a totally unique value inside a collection of values, mm. and that Bitcoin can only be unique to that Bitcoin, it won't, there aren't any other Bitcoins like it, mm. it's got a unique value. 
This article points out that we are now being bought and sold as items of data in the same way that Bitcoins are. The, the value of what we are... But we have the chance to create more value for ourselves in that economy by creating content. So if we are curators... If we are merely middlemen, if we are basically bank savings... We're like the money changers in the temple. Sorry. No, not quite, but yeah, that's an interesting... You should go that way. We'll mm. come back to that one mm. in 20 minutes. Um, we won't have time. This, the, article on, the article here is that digital currency in this era is us. We are digital currency. Mm. They are interesting. Now, <clears throat> I've, I've gone back to this before. So the only currency that we can all have equally and that we can make use of is time. Our time, yes, as mentioned in the last but one episode, because we're think, talking about yes. e- the economy and so yeah, yeah. This is actually exp- this is actually explored by a chap called Professor Stevens. Uh, I've forgotten the whole of his name, but there's a whole other link here to a different topic yeah. on the topic of could you make time an article of currency? How interesting! Because it's very hard to you know duplicate. It's very hard How to counterfeit. Do you move time around. Well, you, 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 you have time basically, tokens. Yeah, well, yeah, you're basically allocating and times for things. So <laughs> we are, dates. Well, yeah, but we are essentially creating value through our interactions Mm. so could you end up with a society that requires brand sponsorships by families so that your your benefits are being paid by brand sponsorship by approving that you will continue to give back information about your experiences I'll just get my team of scientists on that Mm -hmm. a fantastic article the human bitcoins brought to my attention by what we did Uh, so cheers James um, and you perfect, know, it's, perfect timing it's, then, um, it? it's you know when we're talking about the time when we're talking about information we're talking about minutes. a thing it's a 30 minute show we are at 30 minutes that's been a pleasure this time around hasn't yeah, it, it has hasn't felt pleasure. like pulling teeth no it hasn't felt like pulling teeth I think the break did us good Nick we needed a break <laughs> needed a break break is as good as rest well thank you all for listening Yes. Thank you, Andy, for coming out here in your shorts and your Tesla right. T-shirt. Yes. And yeah, my te- yeah, I've got my Tesla T-shirt. And Nick looks like Indiana Jones. He's got a hat <coughs> it's the wrong hat. The right hat for Indiana Jones is worn by Stuart Twitz. All right. Okay. This is a cowboy hat. Okay. Well, before we get into Indiana Jones, let's let's stop the show and um, thank you for listening. I've been Doctor Pod D O C T O R P O D, and he's been. I'm still being Nick Butler, aka Loudmouth Man, and you are listening to Social Media White Noise. Please visit socialmediawhitenoise.com, locate that donate button, put some pennies from your pocket into our purses to pay for coffees, cakes, conversations, and for the time that we've spent with you. We thank you. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Social Media White Noise brought to you by Andy White, Aka Dr. Pod, and Nick Butler, Aka Loudmouth Man. Please visit www.socialmediawhitenoise.com where you can leave comments, listen to the show straight from the webpage, and subscribe for free. Email us at ulot at socialmediawhitenoise.com. Follow us on Twitter, Dr. Pod and Loudmouth Man. We'd like to thank the coffee shops of Sussex, social media and technology, without whom this show would not be possible. See you soon. Peace.